0: This is Make It Kind. M
1: I P. With Massimilia Mark Thompson. Make
0: It kind.
1: Get Woke.
2: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, one of the topics we discussed intensively on Make It Plain this year, 2022, was, of course, the overturning of Roe, the Dobbs decision. And just before the midterms, NARAL Pro-Choice America did a study on disinformation during the, and after the Dobbs decision. Uh, We still live, as I always say, I, I probably preach from this scripture more than any other, we live in a place, in an atmosphere of ongoing targeted disinformation. And those in Our constituency, by ours, of course, I mean, those of us on the progressive side of things, whether that constituency includes uh, women or African Americans or LGBTQIA, we are targeted more for disinformation more than any other groups constantly every day. And these social media algorithms are very good at at targeting us and misinforming us. So we do want to stay on top of that, even though things look bright, We also know that our enemies are still very, very hard at work. For example, people looking at Lindsey Graham. Why would he do something like that? What does he know that we don't know? You know, uh, what would make him, in the midst of all of this, try to introduce a federal ban? Maybe there is something he knows that we don't know. So we want to take a look at that and take it very, very seriously and be on guard. Joining us is the senior communications strategist for one of our favorite organizations, NARAL, the National Abortion Rights Action League, Pro-Choice America. Elliot Kozich joins us from Washington, D.C. to talk to us about all about it and the disinformation that's ongoing. Elliot, welcome to Make It Plain. How are you?
3: Uh, I am doing well, Reverend Mark. Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited to talk about some of the things we have to stay vigilant about from now until election day and beyond.
1: Indeed, no, and and it's, it's urgent that you're here to share with us. Um, so talk to us about it. You all have, have done a study on disinformation both, well, before and after, but I guess we want to focus mostly on what's happening now and, and do a comparison, I guess, disinformation since the Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization decision. Talk to us about that, if you would.
3: Absolutely. So here at NARAL, we decided to undertake a research study where we looked at key terms that are plain disinformation, terms that the anti-choice movement has coined and has put out into the universe in order to skew our understanding of what abortion care is. And so what we looked at was seven key terms that the anti-choice movement uses, terms like chemical abortion, terms like born alive. These terms that we know are not medical, they are not scientific, They are manufactured anti-choice terms that the movement to end abortion and to take power and control over our bodies are putting out there with the intention of skewing our understanding of the truth. So what we did here at NARAL, we took seven of these terms and we looked at how much they were mentioned on social media, on Twitter and on Facebook in the time before the decision came out and the time after the decision came out. And then we were able to compare those numbers, not only to each other, but we looked at some key truthful terms, terms that accurately talk about what abortion is and what abortion care does for people, and look at the rates of our sort of true terms, true terms that are neutral, terms that are scientific and medical, and comparing how often they were mentioned to these disinformation terms.
1: So... I was going to ask you, but I guess I shouldn't, because these aren't real things. I was going to ask you what on earth is a chemical abortion anyway, but it's not a real thing. You can't explain it's
3: it. It's not. It truly isn't. So chemical abortion is a false manufactured term. It is intentionally inflammatory. It's meant to evoke this sort of violent imagery. And they use this term to talk about medication abortion. Medication abortion is a, you know, set a regimen, a medical regimen to end a pregnancy early on. It has been, you know, okayed by the FDA for over 20 years now, and actually about half of all abortion care is done via medication abortion. And obviously the antis don't like that. So they put out falsehoods about the process. They refer to it as chemical abortion to make it sound scary. And they promote these, you know, falsehoods about it. They claim it can be reversed. And that's actually one of the other terms that we looked at, abortion pill reversal is a unproven concept that they have created in order to uh, convince pregnant people that they should not carry out this medical regimen, which could be dangerous to their own health, but is something they put out there specifically to try to make medication abortion seem unsafe, to seem uh, scary, to seem like something you want to avoid, when in fact it is safe and has been for over 20 years.
1: All seven of these terms are are scary terms. Chemical abortion, fetal personhood, uh, which is, is not that new, but we know what that means. Dismemberment, alternatives to abortion, crisis pregnancy centers. Here's another crazy one, born alive. Um, and as you mentioned, abortion pill reversal. So talk to us about the impressions of these terms and and the impact you think they may be having.
3: Absolutely. So one thing we know about this Dobbs decision, the anti-choice movement was waiting for it. They've been gearing up towards it. And what we saw is they tried to use this moment as a catalyst to push this disinformation out there. The amount of times these terms were referenced after the Dobbs decision was massively higher than the rates we saw before the decision. And so what's clear from that data is that the anti-choice movement pushed in order to try to immediately seize the narrative after our right to abortion was taken from us in order to pivot to their next step. Their next step in their sort of long game here is to continue promoting these so-called crisis pregnancy centers, which is actually a fake health clinic. It's to change our idea about what is care to these alternatives to abortion, which are often run by these anti-choice actors and organizations. So we can see the dollar signs in their eyes there. And what we saw is that they tried as hard as they can to shift that conversation and to put this disinformation out there. You look at the graphs, there's spikes on most of these terms right after that Dobbs decision.
1: And folks, I want you to really get the picture of of how horrible this is. Chemical abortion engagement increased 433% after the Dobbs decision. Abortion pill reversal, 200% after the decision. Alternatives to abortion. Increase by over 16, engagement increased by over 16,000% following decision. And crisis pregnancy centers saw an increase of 100%. Um, before June 24th, I'm reading from the report, before June 24th, the term dismemberment is related to abortion. Abortion had nearly zero interactions across the web, social media but during the month after the decision, the term saw a spike of 4,700 likes, comments, and shares across Facebook and Twitter. I just want people to hear the the magnitude of this. um, 137% increase in fetal personhood. Uh, You know, again, these are things that really are misleading, aren't they?
3: Absolutely. And we know even a little bit about how they've been getting these terms out there. The anti-choice movement is a top down structure. They have these figureheads, they have these organizations that are creating these terms, message testing these terms, focus grouping these terms in order to find what words and what phrases are going to scare us the most. And from there, they disseminate them out. We know the anti-choice movement has a whole host of news sites, of TV shows, of outlets where they can promote, promote, promote these findings. And they're doing it intentionally. So that's why I always wanna call out the fact that this is top down. These are not terms that people on the ground living their lives are creating. It's terms that they are hearing and being forced to internalize by these higher forces.
1: Do the social media entities, Facebook, Twitter, and whatnot, do they they bear any, before I do, here's a medication abortion, 1700% increase in engagement, y'all. This is another example. Do the social media, I'm sorry?
3: No, I was gonna actually jump in on medication abortion because I think that highlights a really key part of this report. Because while medication abortion, which is the true term, saw a much higher increase than chemical abortion. So we can look at that comparison to see that, frankly, the anti-choice movement is working hard. But our side, the eight and 10 Americans that support the legal right to abortion, we are working harder. So ultimately, what we see here is that they really pushed and they exponentially increased the amount of disinformation out there. But at the same time, our side did the same, and we were actually able to ensure that those correct terms saw more likes, more shares, more engagement across Facebook and Twitter than these disinformation terms.
1: Good. That that, that's that's important to know.
2: At Parker, our purpose is simple: we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
1: But do the social media entities themselves bear any responsibility for this ongoing promotion of disinformation?
3: I would say absolutely. We know these social media companies, they make their money off of engagement. Likes, clicks, and shares, things that are inflammatory that rile people up to comment, to like, to share, that's how they make their money. And we know that these organizations, Facebook and Twitter, have in the past claimed they are going to try to curb the shares of disinformation and especially medical disinformation. Because let's be clear, that's what these terms are. Abortion is not just a political issue. It is a medical concept. So when disinformation is shared about abortion, it is medical disinformation. Facebook and Twitter have both stated that they are going to be curbing the share of these terms, to be curbing the share of medical disinformation. And what we see in this report is that those efforts have not done much because we were able, the anti-choice movement was able to just significantly increase the amount these terms have been shared. And so I would say absolutely, Facebook and Twitter have a obligation and a responsibility to ensure that when we are online looking for information to take care of ourselves and our families, that we are seeing true information and not these lies.
1: Yeah. And again, but it also shows too how relentless they are. I mean, Dobbs was a major victory for them, for our enemies. Yet there's obviously a cause for them to be even insecure to the point where they're doing this disinformation. Cause they know it's wrong. They know it's evil. They know it just does not make sense. At the end of the day, you're right. As we emphasize that too, this is medical. This is about healthcare. In addition to being about privacy and women's bodily autonomy. So if they can get the Supreme Court to make this type of decision and yet still find a need for disinformation, that ought to be a, a signal to us that this is still an ongoing battle that we can engage and perhaps win, right?
3: Reverend Mark, you are absolutely correct. Like I said earlier, eight in 10 Americans support the legal right to abortion. That is not eight in 10 Democrats. That is not eight in 10 women. That is eight in 10 Americans. That's all of us. The anti-choice movement knows this just as well. And frankly, they know they cannot win on the merit of their argument. And so they have to change the game. They have to engage in voter disenfranchisement They have to engage in trying to capture these courts and they have to engage in a disinformation war in order to make people come onto their side because the truth and the actual merits of what they're saying can't capture people because we see through it.
1: And in addition to what you're already doing, um, all, you know, what you're doing in terms of, well, well, tell us more about that. What is, what is. What is NARAL, what are some of the other organizations, the pro organization doing in terms of their social media presence? What's the strategy, strategy mm-hmm. to get more engagement and put more correct information out there? How do, how do you get that done?
3: Absolutely, so we have a slew of strategies that we use at NARAL and that I would encourage everyone, even in their individual capacity, to engage in. The first is amplifying correct information. One way the anti-choice movement gets this information out here is by flooding the zone, basically. They put out so many false claims that they hit you so fast that you don't have time to fact check them. And so we need to do just as much work to get the truth out there. We need to be sharing the truth, sharing accurate resources from reputable sources and articulating what we know to be true, that eight and 10 figure, the fact that you know, medication abortion is safe and has been FDA approved for over 20 years, putting those truths out there at the same or even increased rates as the anti-choice movement is how we balance that playing field and make sure that people can see what is accurate. In addition to that, as people, we have to be inoculating ourselves against disinformation. Uh, I always tell people there are some easy ways to identify what might be anti-choice disinformation. The first one is going to be that terms sound really extreme. They want to scare you. So they use terms like chemical abortion, dismemberment, born alive, late term abortion. These aren't medical terms. They're intentionally scary, and that's on purpose. So when you encounter phrases like that, that's a great sign to take a step back and think to yourself, I should probably fact check this. Another thing we always see the anti-choice movement do is they will talk about abortion, but you will never see a pregnant person because they don't want you to remember that the pregnant person is a part of the equation. You'll see articles out there that are talking about a ban on abortion at six weeks. This is before most people know they're pregnant. There's not a visual sign of pregnancy for most people at six weeks, but they will talk about that bill with a photo of a 10 month pregnant person who has no face. It'll be the neck down because they don't want you to humanize the person who is pregnant. They want you to only think about what is inside that stomach.
1: Elliot, do the social media algorithms support our side's dissemination of information or do they work against us? Do we know?
3: That is a great question. Here's what I'll say. I will say that social media algorithms support engagement. They want to amplify the post that are gonna get those likes, those shares, those comments. Because like I said earlier, social media companies, they don't promote a product. We, the users of social media are the products. So if they can convince us through their algorithm to share more, to like more, to read, and stay on that site for more minutes and seconds, that's what the algorithm supports. So we, as you know, the right side, the side that's on the side of reproductive freedom, the eight and 10 Americans that support the legal right to abortion. We have to learn the tricks. The anti-choice side is doing this just as well. They are learning the ins and outs. They are sometimes working their refs, working with Facebook to get a pass on some of these rules. And so we also need to be studying these algorithms, figuring out what makes them tick and using them to our advantage.
1: I know that there have been conversations with Facebook, just to name one, with different civil rights organizations over the past few years in terms of accountability. Um, Are our reproductive rights organizations, our reproductive rights coalition, are they as equally engaged in terms of working the reps and talking to Facebook when it comes to these issues?
3: I will say yes. Reproductive rights organizations are in conversations with these social media companies in order to talk to them about what we're talking about right now, how we need to protect American health, and how we need to ensure that people are not encountering medical disinformation. So yes, these conversations are happening.
1: Yeah, that's important, um, folks. Uh, we invite you to go to the website prochoiceamerica.org uh, to learn more. And as Elliot has said, we. Um, We've gotta be engaged ourselves. And there are many, many ways for us to be activists and activated. Sometimes it is just that, having conversations uh, within our circles, all of us on social media these days, all of us have friends and followers, call out the disinformation, uh, share the right information, share what Pro-Choice America, NARAL and Pro-Choice America posts. That's, the, that's one of the easiest things to do. Share it on your Facebook, your Twitter, across your social media. Um, and, and even share this report. I, I find, I get a lot of responses, but I, when I'm speaking, doing a public speech sometimes, Ellie, when I start talking about disinformation and pointing out to people things they might've seen that aren't true, that's when people really cue in, cause people don't like being lied to and misled. They just, people just, this is a natural thing that people don't feel good about that. Mm-hmm. And so people's attention spikes. When I say, did you see this the other day? You know, that's not real. And then people sit up straight. I'll be at a banquet and you know, you hear plates and silverware clinking. Mm-hmm. But when I point out something that's a piece of disinformation, you don't hear a thing. Cause that's when people want to get the, cause they want it, they don't want to be lied to. And many of us, on, many of us right these days, get the, the, the primary amount of our information from social media. And that's all generations, folks. Old generations on Facebook, other folks on TikTok. I wonder though, you know, TikTok is phenomenal. Are we seeing as much of this type of disinformation, anti-choice disinformation, um, getting a hold of TikTok? It seems that the, the younger people on TikTok are getting it right. They seem to have kind of hopefully have control of that. Am I wrong?
3: Say, so, I'll say I haven't been able to look into TikTok uh, and my team has it to the same degree as we have with this report with Facebook and Twitter. I will say I have seen both. I am a person who's on TikTok in my personal capacity. I really enjoy it. Uh, But even myself, I have seen stuff that is on our side that is supporting the right to abortion. I have also seen disinformation on TikTok. So the exact rates, I don't know if I can speak to, but just as with all the other social media outlets, it exists there too. And we have to be just as vigilant.
1: That question was also folks, sort of a, a double-edged coin. Cause it gives me, when you ask that question, it, it's a way we can tell how hip and cool and how young people like Elliot are. So Elliot's cool, Elliot's on TikTok. So yeah, that's, that's where it's at. That's all right. I'm on TikTok. Yeah, even, so no but that's, 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 that's what, <laughs> yeah, no, but that's where it's at. And we have to engage and at all levels. Some folks imagine, I don't want to get on TikTok, it's too much. No, we need to see what everybody's talking about. Uh, and be sure this information is shared. So folks, uh, we invite you to go to pro- ProChoiceAmerica.org uh, to find out more and to, to follow, of course, ProChoiceAmerica NARAL across uh, social media. That's what we need. Um, senior Communications Strategist, y'all. That's the title for you, Strategist. We thank you for joining us here on Make It Plain, okay?
3: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure, Reverend Mark